it's um yeah it's that uh i had somewhere i was going with that and then i read something because i am a completely horrible host that does not pay attention and then lose, no loses it's, this is really hard this is re- <laughs> this is so much harder than i remember it being like what are we doing man i'm so out of practice <laughs> Hello, friends and neighbors. This is Tofrey Gator, and I am joined by the Mississippi Jason Kirk himself, Slaton Diego. How are you, man? I uh, wouldn't want to be anywhere else. How you doing? I am fantastic. We are here. We're finally back. Um, we've been waiting for a reason to return, and I feel like we are just the people that the world needs to finally put an end to this Israel Palestine nonsense. We're so we're going to hash it out <laughs> we're over bring, the next 90 the minutes. Truth. That's right. <laughs> this is perfect timing. Yeah. Peace in the middle East. By the time we're done with this podcast, we're sending this thing. This tape is going directly to uh, Joe Biden, Barack Obama. Who, who's in charge of Israel and Palestine. It doesn't matter. We're, we're sending it to everybody, everybody out there. Hamas. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the big names, the hot shots, the honchos. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> We're not going to do that. That's too bad. This is going to be a nice little respite from the horrifying world that we live in. Um, so, yeah, we it's been a minute. I've been very busy. I know you've been very busy. Yes. We've missed a lot of things. Well, I wouldn't say we've missed it, but we haven't been able to bring it to the public in the way in the way we've wanted to. <laughs> sure, that's fair. That's fair. We've probably missed some stuff too, though. Let's be honest. I've I personally yeah. have, in fact, missed some stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll hit some of the big bullet points of stuff that we haven't talked about. Um, for me, the the biggest thing is the what happened in the NFL draft. Um, as far as Gators who. Got drafted, didn't get drafted. I guess for me, the the biggest thing is obviously Pitts going top five overall. Um, I mean, that's huge. It's incredible. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, I mean, you you see how tight ends normally get drafted, and I mean, I was I was beating the Pitts drum for a long time, but it's just hard to buy into thinking that a tight end is going to go top five. But I mean, this was the draft to do it. I think he went in the right spot. So. Good on the Falcons for taking them there. I was uh, I was almost expecting like four quarterbacks to go straight and then something just weird shit to happen. So got close to I it. I think something that we were both wrong about uh, throughout this draft process was Felipe Franks. Oh yeah, um, You're, oh. nobody ever nope. pulled the trigger. We were like way I, off. I thought for sure somebody would delude themselves into thinking he was good enough to draft. Is it bad that I'm disappointed in how? not disappointing the NFL GMs were like I expected them to be horrible and they'd let me down. Yeah, for sure. And I think the person who has to be most disappointed with that outcome, I feel like it might be Kyle Pitts because <laughs> like you, you finally have escaped that situation. You're, you're in the NFL. You just made millions of dollars and you know, like the sky is the limit. You're going to be working with Matt Ryan for a couple of years. You finally, you finally have escaped Felipe Franks, his inability to see you over the middle when you're wide fucking open. And then you end up on the same roster as him in the NFL. Oh, it's brutal. I almost, okay. So I don't know if those guys were close in any way whatsoever. I mean, if I'm Pitts, I love Trask because sure. I mean, Pitts is Pitts, but 
Trask came around, Pitts turned it on. But I almost wonder if, I mean, I doubt it, if, if he had anything to do with that. Like, I mean, maybe they wanted somebody to make him kind of comfortable and adjusting, you know, someone he could work with. I don't know. It doesn't make sense because he'd be working with Matt Ryan. It, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm sure they. I'm sure in reality they're probably friends. I think Felipe was generally well liked by his teammates. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, I'm sure that he's not actually disappointed. But yeah, yeah. that is fascinating. To <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it, dep- it depends on how you're looking at. It, but yeah. <laughs> um. So, I guess that was surprising. Um, Marco Wilson going. Let's see. I had it open and I closed it because I'm a fucking moron. That's how we do. I don't have it. He, well, he went in the fourth round or something to the I Cardinals. I think it was third, third or fourth. Yeah. Fourth. Somewhere in that range. Uh, somewhere uh, if, if before the draft, if like before we had the combine or our pro day, I would have been thinking, I, I figured somebody would take a shot at him, but I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he went undrafted. But after that pro day, I mean, Dude put up some numbers, so yeah, someone is going to yeah, take a shot. Sure. And it's it's not like he doesn't have film out there that shows him playing well, like his freshman it's, year. Like there, there's some decent film somewhere. Yeah, that's all I got. Good for him. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. Honestly, yeah, I am too. Um, yeah, it, it felt like a, after the pro day, um, the who was and wasn't going to get drafted at defensive back. That whole situation had kind of worked itself out. Yeah, really not particularly surprising that Brad Stewart didn't go because he had a terrible pro day. Yeah, um, he he measured out worse than um, Steiner, and Oof. I don't think he's gotten signed anywhere that I've seen. I haven't seen his name anywhere. So yeah, I don't know if um, I mean obviously he sat out a lot, so there's probably some you know stuff off the field that maybe we're keeping teams away from him, but yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's a reason we saw Steiner so much. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. I mean, it, he he has the physical tools at least at the level of an average NFL safety from based on his measurables. Yeah, he can go you know play some special teams and yeah, you know be a yeah. backup somewhere something. Yeah, I think he got signed by Pittsburgh. Steiner did. Yeah. So I mean, he went to um, went to a team, so that's more than some yeah, people can say. Um, and Sean Davis got drafted in the fifth round as well. Um. Evan McPherson. Yeah. First first uh, special teams player off the board, fifth round. Clearly knew what um, he was doing when he dipped out. Yeah. I mean, I was annoyed when it happened. I thought it was kind of a stupid move, but clearly he showed me. So, I mean, somebody gave him some good advice there. I guess maybe it was a bad kicker class or someone, the right the right person talked him up. I don't know. but I mean, he's got all the skills. Um, and, like, there is, there, is no, there is no kick in his career at Florida that was just, like, horrible i mean there's there's not a single one that was terrible he was really so, consistent that's yes yeah. and honestly maybe that's what you want he was consistent and he does he does have a big leg he um now he consistently almost missed a lot this last year but he also never like you know railed it 30 yards to the left of the post or anything like mm-hmm. did he did he have any blocked either i think i think he did a couple times okay i was I, for some reason i had it in my mind he was pretty good at getting that ball up but I mean, if it was, I think he may have had a couple blocked, but you know, it's yeah. always it's always tough to know what what part of that is on the kicker and what part is on blocking. I, I tend to lean towards blocking as being an issue. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, the other I guess the other big names are uh, Trask and Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, 
obviously Trask going to uh, many Gator fans or Bucks fans also. So going to a hometown team, that's that's pretty cool. Um, and I think yeah. I, is there is there possibly a better spot for him? No, that that is the ideal situation like, for him. Dude had to sure. be so pumped that that happened. I mean, for, like you you could not ask for anything more. And it's like, it, it, I mean, there's great quarterbacks. Even if Tom Brady wasn't the best, like just what he did, it kind of almost follows what Trask did. I think Tom Brady had issues starting at, like he never was the clear-cut starter in college. And I want to say he might have been similar in high school where he played multiple sports, but he might not have been the guy all the time. I might be making that up. I don't know. I know he played multiple Maybe. sports, but I, I, I don't know. But in Michigan, he wasn't the guy for the most part. So, I mean, he, right. he knows what it's like to, you know, wait, wait your turn. So he'll, he'll be able to teach him something hopefully. And then by draft day, it, it felt like it felt pretty certain that Tony was going to go in the first round. Oh yeah. You could see um, people getting really excited. He's, I mean, he's, he's got that skill set that a lot of teams are, I mean, a lot of offenses are trying to add. He's like a, he's a luxury pick. I think we had mentioned this before. Like you don't necessarily want to build a team around him, but if you have like a decent offense in place or something like a, a skeleton in place, you could throw him on there and boom, he's, I mean, he makes things happen. He can't, can't find that everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I guess the other big surprise was stone Forsyth falling all the way to the sixth round that might've been more shocking to me than Felipe not being like somebody not reaching on Felipe. I thought stone was going to go. I thought he had a chance to go second day, like late third round. Um, I'm, I'm still kind of shocked. I don't know what happened. I, I guess I, I was never necessarily sold on him as being like a second round pick or whatever, as we'd seen him projected. I was never entirely sold on that idea, but I definitely thought, he was worth going higher than than where he went. Yeah, I thought I thought late third, early fourth, somewhere in that range. It, yeah, it's just I don't know. Maybe there there might have been something in his medical history that isn't known, yeah. or you know, just something in his physical ability that GMs did not care for. Yeah, it's just I mean, for somebody to be that consistent in such a tough conference against the pass rushers that he was facing all the time, like yeah. you expect higher. So it. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if there was something out there where, I mean, that was holding them back. Who knows? Maybe people just didn't want to go to his birthday party. <laughs> yeah. We'll go with that. So, yeah, is that, is that everybody? That's um, um, We didn't talk about uh, Slayton. He went in the fifth round. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good flyer. Which, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, yeah. That's right in that decent spot. He'll, he'll probably make the roster, too. He's probably, I mean... I could see him sticking around the NFL for a little bit if he actually cares. Yeah, there's none of these guys that I think that I feel really strongly about being like, you know, one and done kind of guys off the roster within a year. Even a guy like Steiner, I mean, he doesn't have the tools, but clearly he's a hard worker if they were playing him that much. So he um, yeah. he'll he might pop around a few teams, but I could see him sticking around a little bit. Um, and Brett Heggie also got signed by, I don't, I want to say the Lions, but I'm just making up a team name. Like it could, it's sure. probably not. I have a one in thirty-two chance of being right. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, the Giants. He is with okay. Tony in New York. Oh, cool. Good for him. Is there anything else that we need to cover? I I think that pretty much everybody we thought. Oh, oh, oh what, no! One more player. One more player that was a surprise. 
big surprise, Trevon Grimes. Oh, right. <laughs> did not Duh. get drafted. Jesus Christ. That's like the that's the one that we actually probably have one. something to say about too. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. A lot of people were um, immediately jumping to uh, hating on Mullen because I think Grimes came out and had some, you know, his little wide receiver tweets. Uh, he dropped like the vague references or that kind of thing. You know, the, you know how receivers do. It's um, it's just one of those things where if somebody with that much talent who has that kind of film does not get drafted, there is a reason. That's all. I mean, that's and and honestly, one coach talking bad about you is not going to do it. Like there is going to be a re- like the NFL is a big money business. They're mm-hmm. they're in wide receivers one of the biggest positions. Like teams like after quarterback, you got the the offensive tackle, the corner, and the wide receiver, maybe D line, but like those are the spots like you, you take chances on high profile players. So for somebody to not take a chance for urban Meyer who coached him to not take a chance, like it's not just one random coach talking bad and making him look worse than he is. Like something happened. Something's there. There's gotta be something. Um, and as far as his skill set, uh, the only thing that I've really heard is Bud Elliott, um, said that he had, he felt, or he had heard that, Grimes just didn't really develop a particularly deep skill set as far as route running. Yeah. That he was always sort of just a one trick pony as far as being able to go up and get like a jump ball, but not necessarily being able to shake loose of coverages. And thinking back, a lot of his big catches were kind of all in the same spot. <laughs> so yeah. I could I could actually see that. Like <laughs> Yeah, he was really good at that like end zone corner jump like just ball. Just off type to the thing. right, like not mm-hmm. not on the sideline, but kind of on the inside of that. Like he loved that spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? I don't I, I feel like he has enough physical ability that like there's no reason he can't it, it, stay on a roster. It's a thing where you can you can learn route running if you're willing to put your mind to it. Like maybe that like maybe that's why DK Metcalf fell because he like they're like worried about a three cone drill and route running. I don't know, but like it's a thing you can teach. And if you have right. speed, you have size, you have that kind of catching ability, that athleticism. It's just I was really shocked nobody took a chance. So yeah, I, I could see him stay, sticking around for a while. It's just there's something that teams did not like, uh, and that clearly was a major concern for everybody because every single team passed on him for seven rounds. Indeed. Yeah, uh, that's all, I think that's all I have for the draft though. Yeah, I think so. Um, so we haven't really discussed anything as far as spring football. Um, I don't know if there really is a whole lot to discuss. No. Uh, you know, we were really cordoned off this year um yeah i mean you could we, we could give our thoughts on whether it's worth having a spring game or not but i think that's probably been beaten into the bush or beaten down enough like yeah we didn't have a spring game so we didn't really get to see much even if we did though we wouldn't have seen anything so right yeah i'm indifferent uh i mean you know there's some teams that will will show something of interest during the spring game but i know that we we're just gonna get like watered down carnival version football so yeah just the way dan mullen works his offense like nothing that matters for the season was going to happen so yeah whatever i don't care um yeah so now so basically we're just relying on the insider reports from practice and what we had last year and we'll just kind of see what happens there um all right so let's see what else do we have sure let's uh let's do recruiting yeah um I have not paid attention. That that definitely fell through the cracks for me. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> not a damn thing. 
<laughs> it's, I mean, it's the same that it was back in uh, Mullen's second year. It was that 2019, his bump class. Same as 2019, same as 2020, same as the 2021 class. And this 2022 class is just, you know, right in line with that. It's the same thing every year. Um, you know, for anybody who's shocked and is like, oh, my God, why isn't recruiting turned around? Like, the uh, the people who have been saying, this is what's going to happen, now get to say, I told you so. And then they get yelled at and everybody gets all pissed off. And it's all fun and games, right? We're just having fun. Except when you pay attention to recruiting. Yeah. Um, this is, this is, I think about the time of year that I'm expecting it to start to pick up a little bit. Um, this is typically when we've kind of kicked it into gear going into June, um, is where stuff kind of starts to pop off. And I think especially that's going to be, uh, the case this year with, you know, finally coaches being able to go back out on the road. It is going to be interesting in that, um, I, I think that this year's class is going to be the least evaluated class in years. I mean, I, I don't, I, it's not that I think that it is going to be the least evaluated class in years. Like for sure. A lot of these kids missed out on even having a real chance of the season, like, or if they did, they were limited and maybe they didn't get a chance to, to steal a starting role or to show out. Um, it's a weird ass year. No college coaches got to watch them. None of these recruiting people who are doing rankings got to watch them. Not that that matters because they don't really care about watching them. They grade based on other things, but it's just no one got to see them. The kids didn't get to develop the same way. So it's, it's going to be weird because every every year you have a lot of guys who dominate as sophomores. And, um, you know, they get the high ranking. And sometimes they fall off a little bit. It's just this year you're not really going to have that. So basically all the rankings are based on who dominated as a sophomore. And then, like, you're just kind of relying on, okay, well, who does Bama really want? Okay, well, then who's at the next level? Who does Ohio State and Clemson want? Okay, who does Florida, Georgia, LSU want? Like, it's just... That's what we have to go off of. I, I do suspect that there are going to be quite a few of those guys, you know, the CC Jefferson types who <laughs> oh, yeah. were amazing when they were 15. And then we've just not seen anything. And they'll, they'll probably and so keep that high ranking too. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're going to have probably more of that in this class than you have yeah. for the last few years. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I do think it will probably give more of an opportunity to the guys who you haven't seen anything from. You know, there's going to be also a lot of Justin Fields types who nobody's heard of yet who are going to be high four-star, borderline five-star kind of guys. Yeah, some guys that uh, really show up later on too that honestly teams probably have no idea about or barely yeah. like are just kind of waiting to see actually play game action. So. Like last year, everybody was like done with their classes back in October, it felt like. I mean, they were just like, yeah, screw it, just get in the class. This year, you might see a little more of a delay. We'll see. I have no idea on that. But yeah, who knows? Um, one, more, one thing I really expect, uh, you said CC Jefferson types, and I, and I thought you were going a different direction in that you're going to have some divas who want to wait until the last <laughs> minute and really play this shit out. Like none of them have had the chance to be recruited. Now they get to go like, right. June 1st, I think, is the day they get to finally go on campuses for the first time ever to see these coaches in person to get uh, really recruited and to be, you know, wine dined and all the other good stuff that, that comes along with it. So, you know, and these are 17 year olds, like hell, I, I would have been pissed if I missed out on that. So you're damn right. Some of these kids are going to play it up. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, we'll see a lot of, just a lot of interesting stuff go on later, but yeah, regarding, uh, regarding our class um, it's just, I, 
when I say more of the same, I expect us to finish with a solid class with, with very few bad takes, um, but very not not a ton of like elite dudes. And that's just kind of what we've had every single year. And we'll probably hit every need for the most part. Uh, and like maybe one or two positions will be a little lighter than they should looking at. That's the brand baby looking at you offensive line and receiver, but yeah, that's, that's how we do it. And um, we'll, uh, we'll see how that works out. One question I did have uh, from what I've, I've seen um, Tony Livingston, He's currently our highest rated commit in this class. Yeah. Um, out of Tampa. And he is listed on 247 as an offensive tackle. But I've heard some varying things there. Yes. As to where he's actually going to play. Do you have any insight that you would be willing to share? Oh, it's all over the place. <laughs> it is all over the place. Like he says tight end to people. Um, I think I think he was listed as a tight end at one point. I think we planned to take him as an offensive tackle. He's athletic and he can play that for sure. Um, I think I was telling you this before, or I shared it somewhere, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, hitch my horse to him ending up in the class. So gotcha. That's uh, we'll see we'll see where that ends up. But I mean, he he likes the. Um, it seems like he's more interested in kind of the diva positions and the essay diva, but just the more. Um, get a little more limelight than offensive tackle. Yeah. If you, he wants some FaceTime. Yeah. Played tight end or even like a like a defensive end that rushes the passer, like something like that. Like mm-hmm. a little more exciting. So we'll see what happens. I um it's disappointing in that we just had Kyle Pitts, the highest drafted tight end ever, if I'm not mistaken, go. And I don't know if we're gonna be able to replace him even with like one of our top targets at tight end. So you know yeah. Again, more status quo right there. There's that retru- recruiting chart going around that I've been sharing. I've shared it a few times. I, I, I would love to give credit to whoever came up with it on Twitter. I don't remember who it was, but it's one of those flow charts where it just basically takes it down to at best you're going to get a coin flip at the end. But the one I, yeah. I think, uh, I think it segments out tight end as having a better shot. I don't think that's the case. I think tight end can be grouped right in with everything else. So cool stuff. We have a good quarterback committed. We uh, yeah. Uh, Nick Evers. Yeah, I was uh, when I first saw his film. I was a really huge fan, like really big fan. Um, we uh, we lost Brian Johnson and Garrick McGee took over mm-hmm. as a quarterback guy, and immediately we offered. We basically switched our whole board up. We actually sort of dropped a couple guys that we were targeting that I was really concerned about. Um, they had some pretty bad completion percentage. They just didn't look very good. Like they looked like massive projects. And um, Evers was immediately one of the top. Like we, I think we offered three, and he was immediately in my top two for guys I wanted. So we got him. I'm pretty pumped about him. You think he stays in this class? You think he's he's sold on being the guy? Yeah, I think I think he's locked in. Um, QBs tend to do that. Uh, I guess if um, if you start to change coaches up on them, they get a little weird. Or if you take extra quarterbacks, or if you're FSU. But other than that, you should be okay. So, are, are, is Garrick McGee? Is he going to be our Texas guy now? It's um, yeah. Or he's, I guess he's from he, he's Brewster too. Yeah, he's coached in the central part of the. I think he's coached in Oklahoma or he's from Oklahoma or something. Um, he's got connects out there though, so I know that he's kind of taking the lead there. And he's got um, there are a couple other players that he has connections with that we're not going to get, but that are in that region too. So, right. I, I yeah, I think so. 
and honestly, that's a good spot for us to go. Like, there's plenty of talent out there, and there's not as much competition, um, to put it nicely. Uh, Oklahoma. It seems and, like we've had much better luck with that than going out of state. Yeah, elsewhere. like if you go to the East Coast and then you're battling the Alabamas, Clemsons, and Ohio States, and for some reason those schools just don't hit into Texas or the center part of the country as much. Like they're more focused on the South or, you know, the big cities in the East. Like, and those are just battles we don't win usually. So better chance of the Texas guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got for recruiting. Uh, it, it, well, well, hold on. We, we, we did have a little more to say before this. Um, I've gotten the vibe that like there's, and I can't, I might've already said this shit. It's, it's been a, you know, it's been a while since I've done this. I'm a little off my game right now, but there have been people who seem to just be coming to this revelation now that, oh God, we're not recruiting that well. And I just don't understand how it's taken until this point for you to realize that. It doesn't make sense to me. Like it's fascinating. There's been no improvement at all in recruiting the entire time Mullen's been here. It's been the same. And that's how it always works. Like you you get the bump class. That's probably what you're going to get. Like you can increase a little bit from the bump class, but that gives you an idea of like the range you're going to finish in. And once he had that, you realize, okay, he's not going to load up on five stars. This this isn't an Urban Meyer. It's not a Kirby Smart. He doesn't recruit like that. So it's um it's it's mind blowing to me that people are like shocked right now. And I, I guess that's just part of it. And maybe some people are new to it or whatever. But yeah, uh, I, all I can say is that this is what you're going to get. Uh, We've both been saying it for two or three years now. It's just, it is what it is. I mean, we heard about this, about Mullen from Mississippi State fans. You you sort of hope that, okay, it's, he's in Starkville. Maybe, like, he makes change and kind of switches things up. But clearly, he is perfectly content with doing it this way. So we'll see how that works out. I think this is part of us uh, becoming old. <laughs> where oh man (laughs) yeah i've been following recruiting since i was like i don't know 15 probably 14 15 16 years old Mm -hmm. and so now i you know i'm drawing from 15 years of oh i've seen this shit before yeah and you know I, i guess it's that's why it's not really surprising to us that it's like this because you know it's like you said where you are about a year into a coaching tenure as far as recruiting, that's pretty much where it's going to be. We, we have seen it before. It's, it's just kind of crazy to me. You know, I think that there were probably some people too who uh, had deluded themselves into an idea of there being a Mullen 1.0 versus a Mullen 2.0, some oh, sort of paradigm there. That shit pisses me off. I mean, that's, that's what you get though when you're like, I mean, look, I'm not going to shit on anybody. I'm really not. Uh-huh. But this is what happens when you just have a you have a podcast or a, a person, a reporter, whoever. It could be anybody. It could be anybody <laughs> who just like very who, who uses Smooth. these like broad sweeping categories to to just try and fit somebody into a box when it doesn't even make sense at all. Like it makes zero sense. It made zero sense initially. The Mullen 1.0, 2.0 bullshit. It's it, there. There is no difference. The only difference is that. He switched quarterbacks, and Kyle Trask does not have a skill set to run, period. So we didn't run with Kyle Trask. We threw the ball more. Like, that is literally all that happened. There's no complete change in Mullen. Like, he's the same dude. You don't change. He's the same dude. Um, that's, I mean, 
That is what it is. And, and the people who are like, oh, Nick Saban, he changed or whatever. I think Nick Saban might have learned a little bit. But what what, uh, what Saban's really good at is he's always been good at adjusting to things. I mean, you don't get to be the best possibly ever without being good at adjusting to the current climate. Yeah, that's his that's his skill set yeah. is work the process, but also adjust to so find the Swapping process. from that super conservative Bama attack where he just like punches it down your throat to what he's doing now. It's just part of the, oh, I'm keeping up with the game changing. Um, and honestly, I mean, Mullen in his own way is still keeping up with the game changing. Like he's, a, he's an offensive genius. So like he made things happen last year that most coaches wouldn't be able to make happen. And I have no doubt this year we'll run the ball more and he'll find new ways to make things happen. But this notion that he like somehow changed it. Um, it was really misleading. That's all. That's all I'll say about it. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was something else that we were going to shit on, <laughs> but I can't remember what it was. Shoot. I mean, I can, I can shit on a lot of things. Uh, most, uh, as y'all have seen, if you've been paying attention to Twitter, I've been shitting on Ed Orgeron for the most part and people who defended him or are unwilling to attack him. Let's use that as a, a transition to talking about some of the broader landscape things about, college football ed orgeron there is a there is a rumor out there that i don't think this has been confirmed that lsu is going to have some sort of major sanctions or major um uh letter of notice of violations i believe is what they call it something that actually matters something a little more substantive yes so pursuant to that assuming that that is true do you think Ed Orgeron makes it through this year as the coach at LSU? This is the perfect chance for them to get away from the guy after winning a national championship. It's not often that you have like a coach that lucks into this elite championship team. Like um, who was it? The Auburn guy who did it. Uh, Chizik. Chizik. Yeah. Like you're kind of stuck with the guy a little while. Like he had just like the perfect storm of things. Ed Orgeron perfect storm and maybe he's better than Chizik. i don't know like who i guess i guess we'll see but for, i i do not i still don't buy the other thing that he's any good um and last year they had some major issues and let's be real they should have lost the game to us and they should have had a much worse record and um they they were lucky to have finished with as good of a record as they did they had a lot of luck go their way and i could see something similar going this year they they're gonna have way more talent than they've had in a long time. Like they're going to be super talented. Everybody's coming back. Not, not even a long time, but way more talent than last year, put it that way. But if he pulls the Ed Orgeron thing and like kind of fucks it up somehow, then hell yeah, he's gone. Like I, I'm, I'm of the mindset though, that unless there's just something that they cannot completely avoid firing him, um, they're only going to fire him if he does poorly. I just don't think he's going to do well. So easy out. I want to believe that they're, is a chance that it'll be like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want it to be an art Briles situation. Like I don't want to find out even more horrible things than what we know about already, but I do kind of want the drama of like a preseason firing in <laughs> May or June. It's just so hard to believe that he still has not been caught up in this in some way, even like sideways. He still has not been like reported on in this thing. So it makes me think that for whatever reason, somebody's like holding back on info and that they're planning to release. I just don't see any way that you can dig into the stuff and not bring him into the picture. It feels that way for sure. But yeah, like you, I don't, I don't think he's going to get 
I, I can't see a world realistically where he gets the axe before the season starts. I think that they are going to do whatever they can to see what it looks like this fall. Yeah, they're, they're in a, they're, honestly, they're in as good of a spot as you can be for an institution that probably should have the death penalty at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in as good of a spot as you can be for an institution that is staring down the barrel of a gigantic fucking cannon. Like, if, if this was not LSU, if this was, um, I'm trying to think of a, if this was Iowa, I don't know if Iowa's a good example, but like, could you see an actual P5 program getting the death penalty from all this stuff? You got to go smaller. Maybe a little, maybe be, a little smaller. Yeah, it's got to be like Iowa State. Yeah, you know? yeah, Kansas State, something like that. Yeah, I mean, why am I? I don't know why we're going Big Twelve so hard, but you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> fuck them. That's why. I guess Iowa's Big Ten. That that Midwest region, anywhere in the Midwest, Illinois. Yeah, Illinois is perfect. Yeah, it's just it does seem like a death penalty esque offense. Like this is way worse than some of the other stuff we've seen teams get like multiple suspensions for. So. All that to say, um, yeah, they could easily just watch and see. And if he uh, if he's undefeated heading into the Alabama game, I don't see him going anywhere. So, um, all right. So what else? What else is going on in college football? I'm trying to think if there's any. Like I don't. Uh, I don't remember where we last left off. I, I, think I guess we covered NIL. Hirings. Uh, what our, uh, our the, thing? Or, oh, the, the uh, um, yeah name, image, and likeness. All of that is going into effect in very, very short order. I like that the NCAA is like releasing statements, trying to act like they have some kind of control over this. It's really funny to me. Like (laughs) they are just on the receiving end of whatever happens and they're at the whim of all these schools. And it's just, it's very entertaining to me. Yeah. uh, Recently, this was, uh, I guess a couple weeks ago um, in the area that I live, a zebra got out of, an enclosure of some sort and had found its way out onto the highway. And I, I was actually there. I saw it in person. I saw this zebra running up the highway <laughs> at like eight, eight o'clock in the morning. As, just as like, zebras tend to do. Yeah. Just could not be bothered to give a fuck about anyone or anything in the world. It was majestic. It was amazing. And there's this state trooper over on the side of the highway, standing outside of his vehicle, just kind of staring like, you know, trying to look authoritative, but having no real control over the situation whatsoever. And I think that's the NCAA at this point. That's wonderful. I love that. That's a great, great analogy right there. That's, yeah, they're they're going to stand there, uh, maybe kind of puff their chest out a little bit. But in the end, they're just not doing anything. Of course, I don't know how, how that that analogy like follows through because eventually they had to tase the zebra (laughs) (laughs) to get it it wrangled so i don't know i think when it comes to analogies it's just the part that you use not you don't have to keep going further yeah i always try to take it further though and like you know get to the nugget of truth in the whole thing (laughs) that's right yeah i can't can't say it's perfect then if if you keep going it's not perfect yeah but it works kind of yeah it uh it it, look it's going to be one of these things where I think you'll see some of the big name players prospering in a way. You're going to see a few players who are really good at marketing themselves and like use this to their advantage in some fashion. And they'll, you know, make themselves bigger in that way. But overall, I don't see it changing that much. I really, I mean, maybe it changes like it, it might feel a little less amateur with the whole deal, 
but I don't see it changing much in the college football landscape of who's a good, who's a have and who's a have not put it that way. Like the teams yeah. that spend or that have the boosters that spend are going to keep spending and it's not really going to change. Yeah, I agree. You know, it's nice. It will change perhaps the distribution of money a little bit so that there is more money going to the players. Um, but even on that front, like you said, there is a handful of guys nationally who are going to command a big enough audience that they can, you know, break through to some sort of real meaningful money. Yeah. And then I, I don't think that that's necessarily going to trickle down. A guy like, uh, like Kayvon like Thibodeau or like Trevor Lawrence yeah. back in the, like the guys who are number one coming out of high school, they, they might, you know, they might make a killing off this. Um, but, but the stone foresights of the world are going to have the exact same life they did before. Yep. Probably. I don't know what else is going on in college football right now. I don't. I don't think there's that much. It's um, you know, we this have, is kind of the doldrums. We have spring games. We have like people making hot takes now. So like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to win the Heisman. Uh, this is prime hot take season. It's beautiful for it. It's um, I mean, there's some big hot takes. Yeah, what I've recently got, uh, started doing, and I don't know if you if you've caught this at all, but I'm going to keep it up. Is um. I, I expect JT Daniels to not only win the Heisman, but to go undefeated this year. Um, I expect him to break every Georgia passing record ever. And if he doesn't, that's just an indictment on Kirby smart. It's absolutely, absolutely. It's a failure of the Georgia football program and Kirby smart individually as a human being Re- on a spiritual I mean, level. Honestly, it's a failure. You, you have to be a bad human to not make that work. Like not even For like sure. a bad coach, a bad human. Yeah. It's, like you've done some dark, dark <laughs> shit. <laughs> like you, can, a lot of you can see it in their eyes. Almost. Like it's just, it's just bad. But the dude is, I mean, just elite talent. He's perfect talent. He's shown it all before everywhere. He's never had any, I don't even know if I've seen him make a bad throw before. So you cannot fuck this up. Nobody can fuck this up. Like he is perfect situation. It, it, Top five NFL draft pick lock of all time for sure of all time of all time of all time yeah like yeah. you're talking okay. you're talking up there with like the Peyton Mannings, Andrew Lux, Trevor Lawrence's like right in that that category. Yeah, that's the that's the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Can't miss. Yeah, and then you have JT Daniels right there on the side. So I expect the biggest of seasons from him, and um, I, I only pray that we can just survive the onslaught that he's about to bring. This is either going to play really really well or really really bad. Like six months from now. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this is one of those things. Well, I, I say we could look back at it, but honestly, if it's that bad, then maybe we'll just, in our misery, ignore it and move on with life. And uh, I refuse to look back on anything. I refuse to learn <laughs> lessons. <laughs> we, we do not do that. We, I do not address times I'm wrong. Okay, that is not something I'm. I'm a fan of. That's not something I approve of. We're here to just keep moving forward. All right, so <clears throat> let's let's use this as an opportunity to uh, make some predictions. Yeah, um, some early early predictions. I like it. Some early lines came out for big time SEC games, and that includes several of our games. Yes, um, I guess let's let's go through these um, as they're listed on this tweet that you have kindly uh, put in the chat for us. That's what we call preparation, folks. Mm-hmm. Take some notes. Yep. For those of you looking to get into this business and make the big bucks like us. <laughs> uh, these lines are from FanDuel Sportsbook. So FanDuel, from what I understand, their lines tend to be a little bit wonky at times. So I'm not sure 
how reflective this is of what a Vegas line would look like, but I guess it's probably in the neighborhood at least. It's what we have too. So we're going to go sure. with it. We're filling time, baby. This is this we're filling content right yeah, now. This is quality content too. You don't get this anywhere else. Gary is going to be furious if we don't fill this content. <laughs> Gary does not like people who slack off. Um, he doesn't let you slow down at all. So uh, the big early season game against Bama, Bama's coming to town and they are currently favored by 15. Is that surprising? Even slightly surprising? No, no, not at all. Yeah, I, I, I mean that's a that's a pretty standard Bama line. I, honestly, they usually are. Uh, I, I, I wanted to say triple digits. That's that's wrong though. They're in like the the triple score range, and this is just two scores. So that's um, unless you're like expected to be a playoff team, that's about as good as you could hope for a Bama line. I assume most people would probably handicap this as a fourteen to seventeen point game. Um, I would take the Florida side of that fifteen. I think we can keep it within two touchdowns. Yeah, it's um I don't I don't have any faith in our defense. Let's put it that way. Until until I see it happen, I don't. But it's Mullen and I think he can make an offense work and Emory Jones has plenty of ex- experience. Um I think we'll be able to score and I think Bama is breaking in a brand new quarterback who who knows, maybe he's going to be just like Tua and step in and be like elite right away. But he hasn't really shown a ton yet. I I don't even know. I think he's thrown like 22, 23 passes, something like that in his career. Like he, he just had yeah. last year. Um, he never really got a chance to do much. So this is the first time we've seen a, a fairly unknown quantity at quarterback for Bama in quite a while. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, and we're getting them pretty much right off the bat, right? Like, yeah, week, week three, I think three. So yeah, they'll, he'll be, um, he'll be as prepared as anybody will, as anybody can be because Bama prepares their guys. But at the end of the day, like people can only be so good, I guess. Like they, everybody has their own personal limits. So we don't know what his are yet. I, I disagree a little bit with something that you said that you have no faith in the defense. I, I, I guess I also don't have faith in the defense, but I do ultimately think that the defense will be improved quite a bit from last year and will ultimately be less of a slapstick comedy routine <laughs> than last year. <laughs> like just, uh, so I guess, I guess I do have, I have some level of faith. That's faith to me. I think deep down, I, I have a semblance of that belief, but I'm not letting myself buy into it. Be- sure, because it's Todd Grantham. So until I see yeah. it happen, I just can't buy it. Um, yeah, talk to me after Bama, and I might completely change my tune. I'm not going to change safe. it. That's not going to change it based on USF or whoever the hell we play early on. But right, yeah, it, it is. I'm, I'm I, again protecting my heart. It's uh, very important to do that sometimes. Um, okay, so next one, we are currently favored by 15 and a half versus Tennessee. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know why I saw someone commenting on this. I don't exactly know why that game was included on a list of like noteworthy games worth making a line for at this point. Do Tennessee fans bet a lot? Maybe that's it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's all they have. Again, I, I like the Gator side of that. I like us to go 21. Yeah. With what Tennessee's show. And and now they, they have Hypel. Hypel? Hypel? I think it's Hypel. Hypel? Whatever it is, the UCF guy who uh, tanked a quality program, 
So now he gets to go to a not quality program. Let's see what he does there. <laughs> I mean, I God, they're so good at engineering these situations <laughs> to just be dunked on. You know, like I sometimes as, as a Gator fan, I feel, I, I sometimes see us and I'm just like, man, we just ask for it sometimes. Like some of the shit, like, like Dan Mullen, like with the Darth Vader, some, some of the stuff he does, you're like, okay, come on, dude. Like you're asking yeah. for the, the media hate, but then Tennessee, just one ups anything we could possibly ever dream of. I mean, to hire the UCF athletic director and coach when like the team is falling off under those, I'm, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like for some reason, our team shows up against Tennessee. I don't really see any reason to expect them to be any good. Um, I'd I'd say we will be right in that range. It'll be close, but I, I could see us covering closely there. I think ultimately with Hypel, they could end up being like what they were uh, with Derek Dooley with a pretty good offense and a generally dog shit defense. But like even right off the bat, it's their roster is just broken. Like, you know, there's guys transferring out Henry to Oto. I guess it's going to Bama. I mean, any good players ran. Yeah. Ran. Like it's not going to be good this year for them. Yeah, so I think they got a transfer quarterback or three. I don't know who they have, but they brought in Milton from Michigan, didn't they? Yeah, that's right. He wasn't that good. No, yeah, they've got a lot of not good options at quarterback. So that's rough. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be good at least early in the season for them. I mean, while you hate to see it, it is a little funny. Um, it I, is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, I could see us. Uh, I, I think it'll be one of those things where it could be a bigger blowout like a big blowout, but I think it'll be close. I think we'll cover. Uh, whereas I think you'll see the opposite coming up with an upcoming spread. Sure. We'll get to that. Yeah. LSU. So when this line came out, uh, LSU, we were favored by one and a half, but now I think that swung the other direction. Yeah. We, we opened up as a favorite uh, one, one and a half somewhere in that, but uh, yeah, the, honestly, they should be the favorite. Like they beat us last year. They're going to be better. We lost a lot of players, and it's at LSU. But I think it's a fair line. I mean, it, it shouldn't be a big line at all, and it's not. Yeah. So um, I I want to take us. I do think we'll win, but I could see us losing because, I don't know, the LSU game's just a big fucking coin flip every year. No matter what. Like last yeah, year, I have no idea. We should have kicked their ass in every sense of the word. And even on paper, like we did kick their ass, and we lost the game. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. That's just how that game goes. Yep. There's no guess, no guessing. Yep. Toss up. Georgia is currently favored by eight hate, in the cocktail I party. I hate that fucking line. Eight points. I mean, I'm hoping that when Vegas comes out, it's closer to like three, four, somewhere in that range. Like, I think we've done enough to have people questioning Georgia. So it annoys me that they're not with this line. I know we're losing players and they're not. And everybody's like hyping up JT Daniels. But man, it, it's 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 a step backwards if we do not play this game close and be right in it to win it at the end. So I have to take us to cover that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I could see how it could end up being like Georgia by 10. I'm going to be devastated it's, if that happens. But yeah, the, the thing too, is that like by that point in the year, there will be some sort of like major roster situation like an injury or a suspension or something for somebody on 
on one of these teams that is going to move that line in one direction or the other. Yeah, you're probably right too. I'm trying to think, we um this this is one of the deeper rosters we've had in a while. I think there's only a couple positions where an injury would really kill us. So that's better spot than we've been in the past where like you lose a quarterback and you you're fucked forever. Yeah. Um I think this year we can handle more of that stuff, but yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen. I did. I did feel better about our cornerback situation before Avery Helm transferred out, or uh, Jahari Rogers, or Ch- Chester Chester Kimbro. I get uh, Helm and uh, Rogers confused. Um, yeah, speaking of Helm, he's he's actually gotten some. I had a I had seen some behind the heat, blah, 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 behind the scene hype even before the spring practices, and uh, apparently he was doing so well in the spring practices. He was that was part of the reason that Rogers left. So. Yeah, that's that's the rumor. Um, hope that's true. Hopefully so. <laughs> I was feeling pretty okay about our depth there um, before, but now it's kind of, uh, I don't know. It's a situation where maybe that's somewhere we look to the portal for somebody with some experience. I keep seeing um, us looking at uh, defensive backs. So, yeah. I mean, clearly we're still in the market, especially with very little experience there. But the um, the people are talking up, Helm and Marshall, and those would be our three and four corners. So that's, um, is that right? Three and four. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Cause we have Jaden Hill. Elam, Jaden Hill, and Elam. Elam. Hill. Yeah. 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 So, um, we'll see how that goes. And then you have a couple of those tweener guys who might play corner safety or nickel, but or star, whatever you call it. Hey, this is Topher Gator, uh, with a note in the time between recording and editing, the Gators landed Jadarius Perkins, who is a defensive back. He played at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College with Dywan Black, and he had already committed to Mizzou and had played there a little bit during the spring and then re-entered the portal. So um, we did, in fact, get another option with a little bit more actual college football playing experience. Okay, back to the show. Um, all right, uh, back on track here. Uh, Missouri, we are favored by nine and a half. That's at Missouri this year. I hate Missouri. Like they don't belong. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Like they are, you know, it's so I disagree. I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I like having Missouri in the conference. I think it's something different and it's something kind of interesting. They bring an interesting dynamic. The SEC that is just, not about different and interesting, okay? That's not what we stand yeah, for. Yeah, right. Well, no, but that's that's it, though, <laughs> is that it's not just like, you know, 35 or, well, not 35, uh, 13 different, you know, like variations of the same flavor of vanilla. It's something a little, it's also vanilla, but it's a different kind of vanilla. I see what you're saying and I despise it. But we, we can we can we can agree to disagree on that one. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, so Missouri, uh, yeah, they got that Drinkwitz dude. I like that's and again, like that is the most non-SEC coach that you could possibly yeah. build. Like that dude belongs at Northwestern, not at Missouri. But. Yeah, I, I think we can cover it. Man, I'm, I'm like really talking to stuff. I think I was covering all these. Um, you know what? We're going to fuck up a game. Why not be Missouri? Like that's that's two scores. I could see us playing close. I'll say Missouri yeah, covers that. That's fair. Um, I, I'm going to I'm going to go on the Gator side again here. I like it. I'm Yeah. I, look, I love that. It's just I do. Uh, I do expect us to. Um, 
Mullen's done a good job of winning games that he should for the most part, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some games where it's against um, a clearly inferior opponent that he just has trouble kind of putting it away. And he ends up, you know, we win in the end, but I think we'll have some games that are closer than they should be. So Missouri seems like, I, I just don't see South Carolina doing it. No, I don't, not yeah. at all this year. And I don't see Vandy no. doing it. So Missouri, it's, it's either Missouri or Kentucky and, I'll just pick Missouri out of that, I guess. Um, and I, I do think that they are going to be a pretty good team this year. I, I, I think that we are at least going to see a different narrative around that game where for the past few years, the narrative has always been, well, Florida always struggles with Missouri, even though that's not entirely true and has had much more to do with us being fucking incompetent <laughs> um, at the time of year that we play Missouri than anything else. Yeah. But I do think that we're going to see that narrative change a little bit to, you know, like what what's Wacky Mullen going to do against Missouri this year? Is he going to come out and try to fight Drinkowitz at halftime or, you know, I'd rather that be the narrative, to be honest. So I'm, I'm cool. With yeah, that. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, it's different. It's that's a lot better. Uh, the, yeah, I guess the other downside being it's something I didn't even think about. But uh, Missouri being where it is, is um, one of the few SEC places that like when you play in the winter, it can be fucking freezing. So it could be awful weather then. I don't know. It could be. I don't know if that's in October or November, but it's right at the time of year where it can be just nasty as hell. Um, Florida kids surprisingly do not do well in that. Although I, again, we did okay last time and I do remember the weather was not great. Yeah. It was rainy, um, kind of chilly. Yeah. Um, okay. And so this last one is against Florida state. We are favored by 17. Yeah, you want to go first? All right, so I'm actually going to take Florida State to do a backdoor cover situation there. I think that we are easily, easily 17 points better than them. Do suspect that we're going to see a foot-off-the-gas situation in the second half of that game. Yep, Uh, and this is what I was referring to earlier. I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, The the flip side of the Tennessee, Tennessee game, where I think like, will blow the brakes off Tennessee being bad and this and Tennessee is going to be incapable of keeping it close somehow. But for whatever reason, no matter how incompetent Florida state is, um, those guys do show up to play against us, even if they're incompetent, like they're, they're playing against guys they've played against their whole lives for the most part. So I do expect, um, it to look like we could tear them limb from limb. And I don't, I don't know if we get, 17 points ahead the entire game like maybe once but i think it'll be close and i think florida state covers so um <laughs> i don't have need, anything else we need some segues here yeah uh okay so i i think that's most of the football stuff I, again we've missed probably a ton but we're trying to keep it sort of yeah current as best as we can so uh sure i don't know um, we, other other stuff going on baseball and softball are both pretty good right yeah. now you know the baseball team has has its issues uh it does seem to be coming around a little bit or it, it was mm-hmm. at the end of the year uh, and at first it was kind of feeling like okay it's kind of like 2017 where we won the championship you know turned it on at the end i don't it doesn't look like that anymore to I, me. yeah i agree i don't think we have um very good pitching pitching depth and that we make errors like you can't have errors in omaha like you got to be consistent mm-hmm. so our um I think we'll do well. It's just, I don't know if we have what it takes to, I don't even know if we can make it to Omaha, but I, I don't think we have what it takes to win it all this year. 
sadly. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I wish I had a different take, but no. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Yeah, and, and I mean, we have, um, I think our starting pitchers are really coming around, too. Like, we, we kind of figured out an order. We moved um, Leftwich. I guess he's he's playing almost like a closer. I guess he's more of a bullpen role now, and that's really working out well. Uh, and then the uh, the superstar freshman, Barco, is finally kind of figuring his shit out and really really kicking it into a new gear. But again, it's just, I think the injuries we had preseason are kind of limiting anything we could do overall. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I haven't really paid attention to other teams at all. Um, but I mean, it's fun to watch. And then uh softball did, was it the SEC, SEC tournament that we just saw? Yeah. Uh, I believe Alabama won that. Yeah. Made it, clo- made it to the final. That's um, yeah. I think we got a top four overall seed and yeah, I, I think this is going to be kind of like what softball has been a lot of recently. It kind of feels like the same programs um, end up making it deep into the tournament every year. Um, and so I suspect that we're going to see Oklahoma at some point if we uh, if we go deep into the tournament. Or is it Oklahoma State or Oklahoma? You're, you're probably right. I think it's Oklahoma. Yeah, I think you're right. I know they've there have been some pretty epic... There was that one epic, like, 17-inning game against them in the tournament a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and I think they're number one overall again this year. Um, you want to you talk some basketball? Yeah, I was going to say, the basketball team. Um, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, the situation is that uh, there is not a coaching staff currently beyond Mike White. And... Yeah, I kind of have no idea how this is going to come together. We'll fill summer. it. I think I think there's a hire that's been imminent for a while. Um, I don't know if yeah. that's coming out soon or if it's going to happen or if it's going to fall through. But That's the rumor. Um, hey, this is Tofrey Gator again. Uh, in the time since recording, the Gators hired uh, Oklahoma State assistant coach Eric Pastrana. And there is a report. We will also be hiring Akeem Miskadeen. Um, from Florida Atlantic, and I guess Pastrana had also been at FAU for a short period of time as well. So there's some sort of connection there. So yeah, um, we might have some more analysis of that on our next show, or maybe not. Who the hell knows? Yeah, the the team. It's just one of those things. Like I'm not going to get myself excited for no reason. Just like with recruiting, like there's no reason for me to get excited about basketball with what I've seen so far. Uh, but if you're going to be optimistic from everything I understand, um, all the guys transferring in, we somehow upgraded most spots. Um, I don't know how that works, but people are pretty pumped about the guys transferring in. So I couldn't tell you who they are. <laughs> I'm just going, <laughs> I'm going by, by people who actually follow basketball more more than I do, but there seems to be some actual optimism for whatever reason that they're going to play well. There is, yeah, um, it, I, and I can see it. I can see why the the roster moves have been surprisingly good. I, I mean, I can see why, but I feel like any optimism is misguided and should be used more sparingly for, for the program. You know, if, I guess shield if, yourselves emotionally is what we're saying. If um, if a person is unlimited. And they're optimistic and their optimism overall, I guess go for it, use it. But if you have limits like I do, like if you can only use so much, you're, oh, there's a hard ceiling there. Yeah, you're better off 
gearing it to something else than yeah. basketball in my mind as long as uh, senior white is blanco senior blanco is in the house senior blanco yeah see um i have a very limited capacity for optimism or happiness about really anything <laughs> and so yeah definitely not going to be rationing any of that for basketball until i'm given a reason to yeah, these are hard times. Like, you can't just be wasting it anywhere. Well, I think that summarizes the basketball situation. Yeah, that's enough for me. Um, uh, so we had some requests. Um, one of the requests was that we would do some shots and talk about our favorite vegetable. Um, I don't have any... Uh, oh, I've got a little bit of coffee. Damn, I missed that. Shoot. Well, I, I, uh, I already, I already um, finished off my drink, so I... We'll count that. All right. I took a shot of coffee. Um, I would have to say for me on the vegetable front, um, I'm a pretty big fan of like steamed asparagus. Um, and I also like fried okra. Okay. Um, Not bad. And if we were going uncooked, I would probably say I, I, I do enjoy some like fresh carrots. Yeah. With some nice crunch. Okay. That's, those are those are solid choices. No, no issues with any of those. I'll put it that way. Uh, I think I can't remember where, where this was talked about before, but I'm a big fan of roasted vegetables. I like that a lot more than steamed for the most part. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I prefer my asparagus roasted. You know, slap that in the oven, little little oil, salt, and pepper, and it's oh, perfect. Yeah. That's that's yeah, good shit also right there. Excellent. Good shit right there. Um, I would say that my top ones would be, uh, I'm a big fan of the broccoli Brussels sprout combo. Those are basically the same to me. Um, it's just more of like the mood in that, mm-hmm. in that part. Um, roasted up or put into like some kind of sauce is, uh, those are my go-tos by far. Now, if you're talking like an add on for something like the, uh, the side vegetable, that's, um, accompanying like an entree and not like an actual like just eat it all yourself like of like a dish of it i'm, I'm a big fan of mushrooms um as like a, as a part of other dishes and then i guess raw i'm trying to think um i mean i don't eat a ton of them raw i guess like carrots and broccoli I, it's not my go-to raw vegetables how do we feel about cucumbers i hate cucumbers i, I will eat them Hell yeah i will eat them uh begrudgingly they're not as bad as tomatoes where i will not touch that shit um, raw, the raw tomatoes, cooked tomatoes are fine, but raw is a no go. But cucumber, I don't understand why people want that. I'll go to a Greek restaurant and I get a Greek salad, and like the one that I get, they um, they throw cucumbers in there. And every time I ask for no cucumbers, and what they do is uh, they'll peel those shits. Like they get rid of the green skin that mm-hmm. shows where it is, mm-hmm. and they'll cut it yeah. into like kind of smaller pieces. You can't find it in the salad, so if they leave it in there. I'm stuck. Like I try to pick it out as best I can, but you can only do so much. And then you get that bite of cucumber. It's it's a bad. Yeah. It's a bad feeling, man. Not a fan. I'm I'm right there with you. Fuck out of my face with cucumber and with tomato. I don't want that shit. That's it, that. It's garbage. That's garbage food. I mean, cucumber. Like here's and here's the weird thing is that I can understand the people who like tomatoes. Like I want to like tomatoes. I do because I've had them in like sauces and things, and I've seen the benefits I've seen what they can, what they can do. So I like, I can at least understand people liking tomatoes for whatever reason. I can't, I can't understand cucumbers. Like I feel like they provide zero benefit to anything ever. Like, is there one, is there one dish that a cucumber improves that I'm missing on? 
No, no, there's not. I mean, like, I, I think the argument might be that they add a, a texture, like a bit of a crunch. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I like, it, give me croutons. If I want crunch, I, give me croutons. I don't want yeah, no, it, this like weird flavorless. And if they're going for like the almost, I don't even know if sweet's the right description, but I think anything that a cucumber can do, if you're looking for that crunch, you can just replace it with an apple. And I think that you're much sure. better off with something that actually tastes not like ass or cigarette yeah. crap. Like it's just bad. Yeah. Do we consider like hot peppers? Would those be considered? I mean, I know they're technically vegetables, but it feels like they're a different thing. I, I, I would categorize them differently just, just because I don't think anybody would ever just pick a pepper and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody ever just pick a, pe- a jalapeno as their favorite food. Um, I'm a fan though. I will, I will eat them. Yeah. Yeah, no issues I had there. The, uh, I recently had uh, the new Buffalo Wild Wings blazing sauce yeah. that they have redone recently with um, allegedly with some Carolina Reaper peppers in it. Is it hotter? Um, like what's... Yes. Yes, it is. Ooh. I was really surprised because, um, I mean, blazing the, the, the really hot sauce there, it's, it's warm, but it's not like I don't have a problem with it i can put down blazing wings no problem but uh yeah let me tell you this was a surprisingly <laughs> different animal this would kick your ass huh oh yeah oh well it did something to my ass um <laughs> yeah the flavor is okay i'm not as huge of a fan of it as other sauces um it kind of doesn't really have like any type of buffalo sauce type of flavor to it anymore it's a little overpowered by the pepper taste yeah that's my biggest issue with like going for the extreme hot in any wing place really is that they, they start to sacrifice good flavor for the spicy. Right. So like the hottest I usually go is on that mango habanero level. Cause I'm, I'm oh, always yeah. a big fan of that flavor combo. That's a it's, it's a good, it's a good combo. Buffalo wild wings are anywhere really. But mm-hmm. if you start to get above that, usually it's just like, here's some hot ass peppers and I'm going to shove them in your mouth and I'm not really throwing anything else in there. So it just, yeah. yeah. It's just a competition at that point, which, you know, it's cool and all, but yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say on vegetables. Um, yeah. Um, I'm limited. I would not like, I'm trying to think of like underwhelmed, like peas. I'm just kind of whatever about, I like onions a lot. I'm a big fan you of see, onions. I'm not, I'm not a big onion person. I'll do onions. Um, in they're okay way. in, in dishes, but like, I don't know. I, I've never... It's it's a little bit too much of a lingering type of anything like that that has a lingering taste or smell. Sort of a similar situation with garlic. Yeah. Where it's good, but it can be overpowering. It might just be the Mediterranean blood in me because garlic, onions, huge, huge fan. I will uh, I will devour some of that stuff. So uh, I'm trying to think. I'm, I was telling you earlier, I'm going to, uh, to Tampa later on for uh, Thanksgiving holidays. And I'm trying to plan a trip to burn steakhouse, which if any mm. of you are unfamiliar, it's the best steakhouse in America. Um, don't question, <laughs> don't question that number one in America. Okay. Um, but one thing they do is um, they'll serve every one of their steaks. They serve with like these onion straws, like onion rings, but the real thin ones. Yeah. And I don't know if they're like, if you're talking just favorite vegetables and we're going, if like you mentioned fried okra, I'd put the, the onion straws, onion strings as uh, definitely up there. If you can fry yeah. it, big time fan. Yeah, those are good. Those are good. Well, hopefully you make it. Hopefully you get to go. Um, 
yeah, my big thing is that we've uh, we've flown there in the past, and I never want to like carry a suit or anything really nice on the plane. It's just too much. I just you know I dress really casually. That is an issue. Yeah. Uh, but I think we're driving there this year, so having having a, a nice thing just kind of in a hanger in the car, not as big of a deal. I guess uh, pivoting to the entertainment side of Culture Corner, um, is there anything you've consumed as far as media recently that uh, is particularly notable? I'm sure there's a ton that I'm missing on, but I'll tell you what I've most recently did is I watched the entire series of The Wire. Oh, yeah? For the first time. This is the first time for me, yeah. Nice. Um, Started it maybe a week or two ago, and I flew through that thing. Holy shit. Maybe a little longer than that. I'm probably exaggerating. Maybe three weeks, but it, it's been fast. I've been flying through it. Uh, loved it. It it kind of it kind of popped up at a time where I was finally like having like alternating between super busy and really light. So it kind of came at the perfect time where it had some free time. But man, that's good. And it's sad because like it's it's so old that there aren't many people that you can just discuss it with and be like, "Oh my god, my mind was blown when and like when when anything happens." And it was like at a time where the internet wasn't as big, so it's just there's not a lot out there on it. Um, but damn, that was it was a good. Show. I wouldn't put it. I, I've seen people rank it number one all time. I don't have it in that realm. I don't know. What's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a great show. I I also would not necessarily consider it. Um, I think it's borderline top five of all time. It's, it's, I mean, it's great writing. It felt very real for the most part. Um, that, uh, that fourth season where they, and I'm not going to ruin anything, but the fourth season, if you haven't seen it, I would highly recommend it by the way, uh, where they have the kids, like the four kids they mm-hmm. follow and they kind yep. of like all come from like different horrible backgrounds yeah. and you kind of see like how they advance. I mean, that's probably as good of a season of any show as I've ever seen. Yeah. That was up there for me. But um, yeah, overall, I don't know if I'd have a top five or even top ten. It'd be in, like close to it, but I mean, it's a great show, great show. How but, did you feel about the season about the <laughs> the, uh, the the uh, dock workers? Yeah, the dock workers. It um, it felt. I guess that felt a little out of place. It was a little different. I. It's very divisive in the, yeah. the community. Uh, I, I will say I liked it enough, but I wasn't like. I wasn't really into the show until the third season. Like I liked enough where I was flying through it and watching it, but I was like, yeah, I'm not seeing the hype yet until season three came. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Season three kind of really refines some of the big overarching um, storylines for sure. I I personally like season two. I understand the criticism because some of the, like the thing with the goose where he has the pet is a pet goose or a pet duck. Yeah. Like that um, whole storyline was just so like cartoonish and dumb, but like, yeah, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm a defender of, of that season personally. I don't know. Is it, is it the only season where they actually cover like a bunch of white people? <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little different. There's some of the, aspect. some of the later seasons get into like, you know, the, uh, the mayoral race and like the, the rot yeah. higher up in the system. In Baltimore, yeah, I guess, I guess it's the first time where you like don't have like the inner city or the politics. Like it's, I mean, it's like um, a different, yeah. what's the word, a different nationality, different um, culture, yeah. kind of coming in with uh, the Polish dock workers, essentially. And actually, in, in the uh, once I finished, I was like, oh, I'm craving more something. So I was reading about it, and apparently, a bunch of the stuff is actually true oh, yeah. or like based based off real people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, 
they had a sixth season kind of lined up that was supposed to kind of cover Latin immigration and like the uh, Latin Americans coming in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to watch it, yeah. but I know it's, ne- it's never coming. Uh, I have recently been watching mayor of Easttown, which is a newish HBO show starring Kate Winslet as a detective from uh, like the greater Philly area, like Eastern Pennsylvania. Um, and uh, I really enjoy it. Like that's, I find that that's like the specific niche that I enjoy. I guess it's sort of similar to uh, season two of the wire, like um, working class mid Atlantic white people involved in criminal yeah. activities. Like, I guess that's my <laughs> thing. <laughs> um, we like to watch how we live. You yeah. Know? Right. <laughs> like I find, I find, Generally, I just find like Eastern Pennsylvania brand white trash to be very rela- relatable to me personally. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that show, it's pretty good. Uh, it's not like great, but it's, it's fine. Um, and I've also been watching some older movies on HBO Max because uh, TCM is included in HBO Max. Uh and this week I have been watching the original Taking of Pelham 123, which is really, really good. Um, I've never seen it before. I don't think I've seen that one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Might, might have to check that. I don't even know what it is, honestly. It's about these guys who take a subway train hostage in New York in the 70s. <clears throat> um, and I also enjoy, like, that's a motif that I enjoy as well, is like <sighs> gritty 70s dirtbag New York is uh, very yeah. entertaining to me. Yeah, so gritty dirt bag, gritty white dirt bag, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, that's a good show. That's right my there. brand, bro. Yeah, I mean, look, we like what we like, so there's no there's no judgment here. I watched uh, I watched Aquaman today. Oh uh, yeah. Speak, speaking of gritty white people, well, no, that's really not right. But, <laughs> but, but damn, that was a shitty movie. Like, <laughs> really, it was so bad. Like, I watched this. I mean. Look, they put they put money into these things, so there's like, yeah, there's cool fights or cool special effects. I mean, not that cool, let's be real, but like just the the writing and the things they do and say and like just everything about it. And I'm like, it feels like a fucking high schooler made it or like some like goofy college. I mean, it does not feel professional, and that seems to be a common thing with a lot of the DC movies. And I don't understand how they can put so much money into something and produce something that's just so bad like say what you will about the marvel movies but it's not like they put out a just a shitty movie every single time like they've had they a couple a, they misses have, that i would quantify as at least borderline shitty but yeah it's not so consistently like it, it's like the dc movies are mediocre at best like that's the ceiling right in the Mar- marvel you're gonna get some good ones and most of them are pretty good like most of them have like this this floor that's just decent like at the very least yeah. and i feel like the dc like the ceiling is right at that marvel floor for the most part outside of one or two movies it's yeah so anyways if you're thinking about watching watching aquaman if you really want to get the story you can but it was trash i would not recommend it um you're better off not seeing it honestly yeah um did you watch the snyder cut of justice league I did all 15, 17 hours of it. I couldn't do it. It was, it was I, I got like, <laughs> I got like an hour in and I was like, I just don't care. Yeah. It, it's not like I would say it was worth it, but it wasn't horrible either. Um, only a couple of 
things that just felt completely out of place. And most of them happened at the beginning too. Actually, uh, the one, the one piece that was really out of place for me was like with the Aquaman scene where like the women around the village just like broke out in the random ass song. <laughs> did, did you see, did you see that far I, where they, where they just so. like started singing? <laughs> Like, like he leaves and like he dives into the ocean and then they just start singing like some sad, slow old Nordic song or something. It made no sense to me at all. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I was like, maybe this is something from the Aquaman movie. Maybe I'm just missing a part. No, no, it didn't happen at all there either. So very out of place for me. Um, yeah, it was, it was watchable, but I wouldn't, I barely remember it and it was four hours. So that take that for what it's worth. Yeah. Okay. Um, are we done here? I think so. Um, I started reading. I'll put one more thing out there for Culture Corner. I'll be real quick. Um, I, I had mentioned this probably a year ago where I was reading this like um, this book that won some awards and it was written by the Vietnamese guy. It's called The Sympathizer. And I finally had time and I picked it back up. And it's really good. It's um, I'm not finished with it yet, but I picked it back up just the other day. So nice. that's what I'm currently reading. I, I, I You probably don't even remember this, but I know somebody asked me about it. I blanked on the name. That's what it is. So in case any of you are wondering about it, now, you know, uh, I was listening to the, um, there's this really long biography of Teddy Roosevelt. And, um, the, the one, the first one is the rise of Teddy Roosevelt, I think is what it's called. And, uh, that was pretty interesting. I had kind of like a vague understanding of Teddy Roosevelt as a person, and so it was interesting to to like delve in and get get the real details, at least of his early yeah. years. Um, so that was pretty interesting. America's badass. Mm-hmm. I guess that's it. Uh, I'm sure that as soon as we're done here, there's going to be like four things that happen, or four things that I remember wanting to talk about and that we'd never talked about. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure we'll have something to record about. I mean, we still. I was saying this earlier. We haven't gone through the gluttony of off season arrests and stupid frying pan incidents yet. So like. I'm sure something will happen somewhere and we can, you know, we can hit on that when it happens. Um, this is not cursing it, by the way. I mean, it's like, this is just the consistent annual mm-hmm. thing. So we, we can only hope that it is a light annual thing and not, you know, it's something that's like goofy and ridiculous, not something that takes 12 players off our team for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's um, one of the rules of Florida football is that there is always stupid shit just over the horizon. Yeah, so you know we can we can have a meltdown then, but um, you know it, it's always something new and unique, and you could have never dreamed of it before. So we'll um, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, until then, um, I will lightly follow recruiting, and we will just kind of kill time until we can finally get to where we play some real football in front of crowds. All right, thank you for listening. Go Gators! Go Gators! <laughs>